0: Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always, in studio in Fort Wayne, by my good friend, my partner in reformatory radio, Ron Martin, with no Barnabas Piper today, baby. It's just you and me and mm. this dude. Just you and How me. How are we feeling about that? Like initial thoughts on just that whole dynamic. Just
1: me and you without Sands pipe. I yeah. I mean, it's uh whenever we're missing when, when, you know, whenever we're missing the entire crew, it definitely puts a different spin on it. It does, you know what I mean? dude. Like, like the vibe is different, the feel is different. Even though, like, right now technically, pipe could be on the other, you know, on the line, but he just hasn't said anything yet. It
0: still feels different. Do you think he's listening you know in I mean? from
1: the mountains? For uh, well, I mean, I you know, with pipe, you never can tell, man.
0: I mean, he, I mean, he's so paranoid. It's just, it's hard to tell. With B-Pipe, do you read you pipe know? as a paranoid guy? That's fascinating. Go like a dude, minute I'm on just, that.
1: Well, I mean I was totally joking. Sure. But um but yeah. is but is Pipe a paranoid? No, I I think I think the guy is just I think he's like I think he's able to compartmentalize these things. Like he's we're a doing good this, compartmentalizer, he's not, isn't he? Totally. Yeah. I don't think he's given it another thought. I I think this is the furthest thing from his mind. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if something's not right in front of Pipe, he just kind of crushes it in his mind vice and ju- and just moves on. Uh, 100%. I admire that in him actually. Don't you?
1: Well, yeah, I don't know that we, I mean, that's one of the beauties of being an NE8 is that you can, you can kind of do that a little bit better than like we can, yeah. which is like, yeah. we're a little more like kind of bothered by, we're, we're just aware of like every like kind of intricate detail we carry that's like, it around. swirling around
0: us. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Annie F. Downs podcast. I am <laughs> Annie F. Downs, <laughs> joined as always by that other guy who talks about the Enneagram. <laughs> No, baby, i love I love the any content. I love that we got into it early, but listen, we have we have breaking news and kind of a big deal to talk about. Mm. And by a big mm. deal, I mean a big business deal uh, oh, between us yeah. and a little company called Visual Theology. And mm. baby, I want to talk about the package that they sent last week because this is like beyond a promo. this is a this is content for the show that's gonna kind of turn into a promo or maybe it's the other way around. But anyway, we got huge boxes in the mail last week, and this all started with you hitting the Happy Rant group chat with a picture mm. of a Wheaties box with you on it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You circa like twenty five years ago, but still, it was yeah, you. Yeah, I mean,
1: it was circa it was circa two thousand eight.
0: Oh, actually. that was two thousand eight.
1: Interesting, yeah, yeah. So, Which is, again, is a while ago now. Two, if you're like me, baby, 2008 still feels like it was two years ago. It does. But it was actually yeah. like 14 years ago. I view it, I it I as two years math, ago, so. but it was
0: actually 14 exactly. years ago. Yeah, but but you were looking young, looking solid in that pick, um, and I was like, baby, what is that? And then, yeah. like 20 minutes later, I opened the same box uh, in my studio, uh, just a box of gifts and goodness from a little company called Visual Theology. Uh, They did the same hookup for pipe. We all got Wheaties boxes. In in the case of my Wheaties box, they used a picture from like 25 minutes ago. So I was looking (laughs) a little bit older on mine, a little bit more grizzly. Yeah,
1: and I mean, there's two ways to go with that one, right? Because I I hate something being that old that doesn't rep me very well. But at the same time, it's not bad looking 13
0: years younger. Baby, it's a mixed blessing, isn't it? So when people make ironic Wheaties boxes for us in the future – you know they they need to get that right but but i want to talk about like emotionally what i was feeling when i got that whole mm. gift and i want to see if you were in the same kind of emotional space being that this is an enneagram podcast i felt mm. i felt known by visual theology mm. and what i mean by that is they incorporated like 14 different in jokes over the history of the happy rant which is like Cereal box, book promos. Okay, so like they got that one checked because you open the Wheaties box, there's actually some Wheaties in there, but there's also yeah. that little vacuum sealed bag with like a couple of books. There was a CD, dude. So they they got into the '90s thing. They sent me like a Wow Worship 1998 CD, which was incredible. Uh, yeah, they got it all. They man, they did it. Correctly. They did it correctly, didn't they? Like tons of stickers tons of free swag like a little ironic jesus fish like thing for the car. So they got mm. like 14 different in jokes in there. But dude, then they sent like 150 bucks worth of super soft incredible t-shirts. My question to you yeah. baby, have you worn the t-shirt yet? Yeah, man, I actually uh I actually wore it on a I wore it on
1: Sunday, man. I wore it for uh, for preaching and for, you know, doing the church service. Nice. Wore it under a jacket. Yeah. And uh, it is, man. The the t shirts were man. They were just that super soft, ultra high qual that we we've come to demand. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, we're a little bit and, uh,
0: pampered and spoiled in our t shirt. Yeah, bars. I mean,
1: I don't I don't wear anything that's not that exactly. And uh, so yeah, it was great. And they were they're really generous. So man, it's really fun. When by the way, the the product. If you've not gotten the book <laughs> Visual Theology, it's an amazing book. Yeah, um, it really is stunning. Um, I mean, the, the, just the artistic quality and content of it is, like, off the chart. And then for them to send us, like, all of, of sort of their promo materials that go with it, yeah. um, it's really fun to, like, receive something that that hits yeah. at this caliber. It does. You know yeah. It, it
0: it was yeah. a really quality gift. I felt so known, so loved, so oh, cared dude, for yeah. by Visual Theology. And this is mm. how you feel if you visit visualtheology.com, which I'm 80% sure is their website URL. Uh, mm. And I just confirmed it. It's actually visualtheology.church. Church. So visualtheology.church, Church, go there. Tell them that we sent you. This is a this is like a Tim Chalies production, right? Isn't at Chalies involved in this at some level, baby? I
1: believe so. Yeah. I mean, he was. I think he was. He was the co-author of the book. Got it yeah, for sure.
0: And, 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 so. and he's part of the company then too, right? I, you know, I really don't know. I can't speak to. Dude, them, they do but, books. Yeah. They do posters. They do curriculum. They do apparel. And it's all Mm. kind of centered around this idea of taking theology, like theological concepts, like the five solas or attributes of God or whatever, and bringing it to life visually. So uh, I just got some posters in the mail today. So they did not only a gift, they did a follow-up gift. And uh, the follow-up gift was posters, which were so tightly and efficiently packed, you couldn't get them out of your container. I did. I had to wrestle with it for a while, kind of like – just grappling with a tough theological concept. In this case, the, it, was, it was tough theology on a poster that I was grappling with <laughs> in terms of getting it out of the packaging.
1: Nothing like tough theology on a tough poster. Tough
0: theology on a poster. You know, I've been waiting my whole life for it, and, uh, and it came in the mail today. So check out visualtheology.church. Buy a lot of their products. Tell them that we sent you, uh, and we appreciate their generosity vis-a-vis the Wheaties boxes. That was a thrill, baby. Um, yeah, I mean, for sure. And I mean, again, our, our promo ads are not quite as succinct. As, I know as they're clients, a little meandering, yeah. aren't they? They're,
1: they're, they are, but we're, but we're, we're making them a little more conversational. We are yeah, know?
0: making them a little more organic and natural, which I think is the whole, exactly. the whole point with podcast, you know, sponsorships. But baby, remember when at Chally's was like the star maker in our business? Is he still that? I mean, you know, he's
1: just a highly respected, um, he's he's really highly respected in terms of 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 how he critiques yeah. whether it's like books or you know or whatever it is mainly books i think but um i yeah i think he just he has this ability to sort of give a really you know, a, a, he, he gives a particular kind of critique to something. And because of his audience, his audience takes him seriously. Yeah. And so, um, when, when you do get something reviewed by him, um, it is a bit of a gold star yeah. because you know that he's being thoughtful about it. He's not just, even if he doesn't like something or disagrees with something, he's being thoughtful about it. Yeah. And, um, so he's not, he's not trying to be sensationalistic. And, um, and I think it's just, you know, it's one of those things where he's kind of risen in our tribe as, as being that, that guy that everybody takes seriously in terms of you know being a, a, as Pipe would say, a thought leader.
0: Dude, you got that little kiss on the ring piece from Chally's back in the day. You were a made man. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean for sure. And I mean it, honestly, it's uh, you know I had one of my books a few years back reviewed by him, and it was it's really interesting. Like when that happens, y- you get you know you, you you're opened up to a to a broader audience. Yeah, and. It's really helpful. Dude, he's so, like the I've never met yeah. He's like the
0: Pauline Kale of our business, or like the like the Roger Ebert, you know. Uh, I mean I think that's true because I think and I think we need to have that in our circles
1: because you need to have somebody that good, bad, or indifferent, is going to be able to like review things and critique things in a way that like again, you might not agree with all
0: of his takes, yeah. but you trust that he's being thoughtful about it. Dude, right? speaking of our tribe, I got a question for you. Yeah. Um so I still have not listened to the Drisky docs uh, oh, and, I, and I probably won't, honestly. It's just not, it's not a huge priority for thing. me, but I'm getting yeah. like, so all the information on the Drisky docs, I give via gossip from other people, right? Right on. Who have listened. Yeah, totally. And like, I guess after this last ep, man, people were feeling like the, the turn that this was taking or the arc that it was taking was that it's going to end up in this place of like crapping on reformed guys. Which I feel like mm. is like the lowest hanging mm. fruit imaginable. And we're all like, uh, we should have seen that coming from 100 miles away because that's just what everybody does, including like, so here's something I don't get, baby. This is a multi-tiered question. Like, we do it too, though. Like, we crap on Reform Guys on our podcast, but we are Reform Guys. Like, I've never gotten that. Um, yeah. So my question to you yeah. is twofold. A, why do we do that? And B, like, is that, is that where you see the documentary going?
1: Yeah, so I'll let me answer a question, too. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, so, uh, you know, Cosper is a reformed guy, right? I mean, he's, like, he's in the circle. Yeah, but why is it so, so cool to, like, uh, pick on reformed guys
0: Well, here's while, the thing. while also being ha-
1: one? Well, here's the thing. Yeah. so I would, I would say, because I've listened to – a third ep just dropped last night, but I've only listened to the first two okay. eps. I mean, you would have to be a hyper-reformed, super-sensitive reformed guy. Okay to think that that's what Cosper was doing because I didn't pick that up like on any level. Really? I mean, he's just trying to tell the story of like literally what happened and, and how we all kind of come into it Uh in terms of our responsibility in it. It hasn't, it really doesn't have much to do with whether you're reformed or not. In fact, I mean, the reform thing, I don't even know if it comes into it. Really? honest. Interesting. Yeah. So for somebody to say that, it just seems like, dude, did you actually listen to it? Because he's not, the whole thing isn't, centered around reformed them like on any level yeah you know what i mean because this can exist this whole thing can exist in any context has nothing to do with whether you're reformed or okay you know so i feel like that's it that's a super that's a reach and a half
0: interesting dude interesting yeah i would really disagree
1: with that yeah so that's somebody that's just look that's somebody that sounds like they're not a cosper fan in general yeah and they're looking to find something anything to sort of say you know we just don't like what he's doing because we don't like anything
0: he does. yeah i guess they're feeling like he's given more love to like the you know the the Brian McLaren like Richard Rohr like whack job early 2000s crowd but which is just uh, again i haven't listened because, to it. i have no idea
1: cuz cosper is a he's a conservative guy okay. you know i mean he's he's not that guy okay so interesting that doesn't make any sense yet. interesting why we do it in general to answer your first yes. question man i think okay kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with uh with TC with Charlie's man yeah, yeah, i think yeah. it's like how do we what's the line man between being able to talk thoughtfully and even have some critique or maybe even just some humor about some of the things that go down in our, in our circle yeah, that we can say either, Hey, that's not cool. Or, Hey, that's kind of funny. Or right, right, Man, right. I don't even know what I think about that. Or I'm uncomfortable with that. I mean, it feels like we should be, because this thing has been sort of invented and, you know, uh, put together and constructed by us. Sure. We should also be able to like, have that kind of like those kind of takes on it if we want. I get
0: that, right? dude. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I don't know. You know what I don't like doing though? Just in general. The whole motif of like I'm a fill in the blank Christian or reformed guy or whatever, but not like that guy. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, don't I don't totally like playing that game, dude, because I feel like that's that you could play that game forever. You know what I mean? And, well, totally. And it just Yeah, no, I mean totally. Yeah. 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 Instead of just saying, like, okay, look. This is what I believe can, I'm a reformed guy.
1: We could, yeah. This is what I believe. I'm a reformed guy, and it doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything else in the world that said other reformed guy yeah. believes in. Yeah, and I also I don't got to like kill him, right? I don't got to destroy his character, right? Um, in fact, I can show some charity and and all of those things, but I can also say, dude, that's kind of goofy what he's doing. Like, sure. and again, that doesn't mean you're destroying him, right? But it all, but I think I think that's where what we do, where the parody mm. and uh, the the humor kind of comes in because it softens. It softens the blow because we're not here to tear anybody down. We're right, just here right. to just go, dude. This is this can all be funny sometimes. Sure, you know if we don't take ourselves so
0: seriously. Sure, you know. Sure, I don't know. No, that's interesting, baby. That's a good. I thing. mean, I
1: don't know. No, no, I know. it's like it's, it's hard to like it's hard to know where to land because like we're we're always we are kind of coming up to a fine line, baby. Yeah. Which is like. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want to slander anybody. I don't sure. want to gossip anybody. If someone's dead wrong, yeah. you, you can, you can say, well, I can call, if they're just flat out wrong, if they're doing something that kind of hits against what I believe is scriptural integrity, I mean, yeah. you can say, hey, that's not cool. Yeah, um, Again, that's not killing someone's character. That's right. just calling something out. Right. Um, but I mean, there's a way to do that. Right. That's not inherently mean spirited. Right. And man, I hope, dude, I hope that we're not. I our thing is that we're not we're not mean spirited. Yeah. I don't want to be
0: mean spirited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 tough though, man. And and I felt I've actually felt kind of weird about it lately. Uh Like how? What do you mean? Uh, Flesh it out. I think like okay, so I felt guilty last week or 2 weeks ago for not going harder at Critical Race Theory. I felt like I was just trying to please people, and, I, and, and in doing so, I said nothing. Like,
1: Well, baby, I didn't, I didn't get that at all. I felt like you were just being more of a, a, a host and asking questions.
0: About yeah, that. I was. I, I, was well. yeah. I was doing that. I was doing that. But also, like, all the goofing that we've done on, like, Owen Strachan over the years, I feel like I probably agree with that guy on, like, 96% of things. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, why am, I, yeah. why am I goofing on this guy in order to, 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 to like, look cooler myself? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just – yeah, and that's just something you got to – that's something you're going to have to work out, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's like, you know, whether you agree with him or – I mean, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, I think there's a way to disagree. We just don't know how to disagree anymore. I know, It's like we got to be able to disagree without without acting like we're literally, like, tearing a guy limb from limb just because you disagree with somebody. It's like, dude, it's okay. Dude, the culture only only has
0: two speeds, man. You're either tearing someone limb from limb or you love them – Implicitly, You know what I mean? Like totally. And I, I, that's not great, dude. That's just not great.
1: Well, it just lacks, it lacks balance. And then if something lacks balance and it keeps tipping, then it, then it falls into lacking integrity. Yeah. And I think, Dude, the fact that we're even having this conversation and saying, man, we just don't want to tip that hard yeah. into those places. Where, like, I can disagree with Owen Strand. Mm-hmm. I can even make some jokes because every once in a while he says something outrageous that I can say, "Hey, dude, that's outrageous. Sure, sure. Um, w- without saying – without going beyond that, which would put us into the I, – I would say which would put us into the realm of needing to repent because yeah. it's slander, it's gossip. sure. Um and dude, I think it's a fine line because we are doing something that is commentary too. Yeah, so yeah. I where that line is is tricky. It is tricky, I would man. Say it's it's, tricky, it's man. very I tricky.
0: And it felt easier when we were goofing on um oh who's that guy we used to goof on? The real like he was like shiny and glisteny. Um oh, real big, uh, dude. He's got the big church out there on the eastern seaboard. Uh Ferdy. Furtick. Fertig. Oh, Fertig. right. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. That felt yeah. easier because it was like <laughs> I probably don't disagree with this I, I probably don't agree with this guy on much of anything, but uh, right I yeah
1: no I know so okay, so there's another point yeah so somehow because Ferdy was never in our circles, we feel okay with sort of tapping on him yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more. Because owen strand well see Owen strand is kind of he's di- he's he's distancing himself from our circles, and mm. so we, we but it, but it's uncomfortable so we're so a lot of people aren't they're not as sure what what to do about that, yeah you know so again, so we we still like without a lot of conversation about it, we still decide what's okay and who's okay to tap on a little bit more stringently yeah, and we kind right? of
0: do it like we we do it on the fly, we do it nonverbally we've never talked about it. this is like the first time we've ever talked about it. I mean, more or less. Isn't that fascinating, yeah. baby? And I think it is. I think this yes. is kind of like my hang-up with the Drisky Doc, and in part, why I won't listen to it. There's an element of, and I want to I hear you on this as an Enneagram 4, shout-out Annie F. Downs podcast, which is what this is now. <laughs> but um, there, there's a part of me that feels like every bad thing that's ever happened in the world is my fault somehow, and, and I'm afraid that I'm going to listen to the Drisky Doc and either feel guilty for listening to it because it's like Christian true crime or whatever, or I'm going to feel like I was too much like that in the early 2000s. And I'm going to feel guilty about that. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Mm. So in, in both cases, like I don't want to listen to it. Um, So as an Enneagram four, I know you weren't like Drisky in any way in the early 2000s, but like, but it, it, does it, does it vibe with you on that level of like, Somehow, some way, I feel uh, indictment with this thing. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. And 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 the only reason why it, I know what you're saying, but it doesn't because it's not really the way he presents it. So Uh the thing is, man, what's so funny about it is that, I mean, Driskey is one of the central characters, but it's not really just all about Mark. Okay. That's what's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're not really hearing so much about Mark as you're hearing about what happens when institutions, churches, organizations, slash, slash, slash get to that particular place where you have somebody that ha- lacks checks and balances sure. and accountability. Yeah. So it's not, it's not necessarily, it's Driscoll. It's almost look at it like this, yeah. b- baby. It's like Dr- Mars Hill provided Cosby with the opportunity to talk about organizations that have fallen in the same way that Mars Hill has, you know, risen and fallen. Sure, sure. Because it's not just Mars Hill. You're seeing it, you know, you're seeing Willow Creek and you're seeing these other things that were very similar but different. Yeah. Um so it really just gave him the opportunity to talk about, hey, what is this sort of mega church celebrity culture that we have that we have built? Yeah. And and how man, in And why aren't we understanding that there's really only one place for it to always end up? And this is where it ended up. Sure. He's almost just using Mars Hill as the occasion for talking about something way bigger. That's why I think you would actually like it. I
0: probably would, dude. I got to just, you know what? I'm going on a big road trip. I'll give it a shot during the trip.
1: Give it a shot. I mean, listen to the first app and see what you think. Yeah, I'm going to give it a shot.
0: How long are the apps? Uh,
1: They're probably about an hour, I think. Maybe a little over an hour. Yeah, it's not a huge investment. Nice. and um. The, the, so the first one is kind of a set, I would say this, man, mm-hmm. commit to the first two okay. and you'll get like kind of a broader kind of, you get a broader kind of perspective on
0: okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I like but, it. Um, I like it. But I
1: don't think, I don't think it would move you into that space. I think what you would do is you would, it would help you think about, oh man, like, so this, this has been a problem, like, like in terms of organ, like this is a problem in organizations that if I'm not careful, I could be in an organization and let somebody just continue to exist without accountability checks and balances. So yeah. I, I need to think about that. What, in other words, what is my place in this? Right. Because it's not you're not going to feel like, oh, dude, you know, I'm just destroying Drisky
0: because yeah, it's, yeah. it's just
1: really not what it is. That's good. Yeah. That's good.
0: It sounds to me like it's kind of an argument for a plurality of elders. I mean, if we're getting real, like church polity nitty gritty on the thing. Um, which is what none of these, like way to put it, which is what none of these mega church guys have. And, and what even a lot of small church guys don't have, you know? So,
1: well, I think you're getting, I think you're getting to something there because he talks a lot about that, which is like, man, are, are you somebody who is part of an elder team? Are you somebody who's a a lead pastor that can manipulate an elder team to kind of just think what you want them to think, move in the direction you want them to move. And I think what's interesting about that is, man, regardless of where we are. In in our particular church or church culture, like these are things that we we should have a radar. Yeah. Um. Out and a you know kind of being, we should have a radar that actually is able to locate these things so yeah. that we can play a part in making sure they don't happen. Yeah. So really, as an ins- th- these things are real, it's it's really instructive uh-huh. in that way. Uh-huh. You know, interesting. And it sounds like I'm doing a big ad for Cosby right now. Dude, you I mean, are kind of. Are you just, trying to leverage Cosby? I kinda, I'm not okay. not at all. Yeah.
0: I mean, not at all. You've already kind I mean, of gotten friends, what you're I, what you're going to get out of Cosby, I think, right? I mean, I, I mean, with I mean, the CT just, stuff. You
1: know, yeah. I mean, I've known the guy for about a decade now. Oh, we, I mean, we have a, we haven't, you know, an ever, you know, deepening friendship. You know, I mean, we live in different states sure. and, you know, we, we talk, you know, semi regularly and I mean, I really respect him. And I, I know that his. so I can say personally that I know his heart in which, which the easiest thing to do is look at this pod and go. Dude, it's a hit piece on Driscoll. Sure. It's like, well, yeah, but you you really need to before you say that you should probably listen to it because yeah. it actually isn't at all. And Cosper is the kind of guy; he's sensitive. Yeah, like he wouldn't go he wouldn't go out of his way to do that. And by the way, the people that are endorsing it, yeah. they wouldn't endorse it if it was that. Yeah, you know
0: what's Cosper's Emmy? So,
1: dude, that's a great question. I think he's a five because oh, he's a yeah. he's a real like he he's a think he's a thinky guy. He's a cerebral, you know, thinking processy. Yeah kind of guy so he's yeah he's definitely i i would i would bet my life he's a five and i think he might
0: little six wing there baby or a four wing
1: you know i would i think he's a five four because he does have that creative kind of capacity Mm. whereas like i don't know what you are i'm a four three so i'm like the art guy i'm the art guy that works a lot and gets things done and and my five is like comes out in places but it's not super pronounced yeah um but because I'm too much of a feeler,
0: yeah. Same, and a,
1: and a five isn't so much of a feeler, he's just more, yeah. Again, it's all more about factual. what makes sense and logic, factually, yeah. I yeah. have yeah, very again, little of that. Welcome to the uh, the Annie F. Downs, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah shout out to Annie F. Downs. Can you give another shout Say, uh, out? Yeah, solid too, work, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting, baby. Well, I'll have to check that out. Um, I got another question for you. This is this is completely yeah. kind of related because it's it's about entertainment. But yeah,
1: uh, let's 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 switch gears a little bit. Now.
0: KK and I have been on this like bender of watching. And, and don't let this be a referendum on the person. I know, you know, we're not allowed to. We got to crap on the person so that we don't look like we're associated. But uh, we've been watching Woody Allen movies lately oh, yeah. um, and really enjoying them. And my question to you is, like, where are you at on what Woody Allen as a director? Like, what do you think of his movies? Baby, I, I'm gonna be
1: honest, man. Yeah. I mean, this is I, I have no clue. I've never really watched a Woody Allen movie. Interesting. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm. To, you. You educate me because I'm totally out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So his his like Apex Mountain was probably like mid 70s to the mid yeah. 80s. Um. Right. So he did the. He, what was his
1: big? What was his big movie? Dude, Annie Hall oh, really was
0: his huge one. Manhattan. Um. But he's done a bunch, dude. Like he's just been prolific. He's put out a ton of movies. And I would say, to some degree, they're all kind of the same. Um, same movies, yeah, over and over it, yeah, again. but not, but not bad. He he does these real atmospheric, like movies about New York or movies about Hollywood, and they're kind of homages to places. I would say, at some level, uh, there's always screwed up families. There's always kind of like some wry humor vis a vis you know families or being Jewish or New York or whatever. They're kind of like
1: um, art dramas. Yeah, they are Is that kind a good of. Way that,
0: slash yeah. comedies. Some of them are comedies. Yeah. Uh, kind of darker comedies. And I I got it. And through, they
1: either do really well or they or they they sell like four tickets at the box. That's offices, it, dude. Yeah. So you'll see yeah. like
0: a Woody Allen release like uh, Midnight in Paris, the one with uh Owen Wilson, the guy with the nose. And yeah, uh, yeah. That one got like a bunch of promo and a huge release and made all kinds of money. And it's kind of the modern Woody Allen one that people talk about. Okay, uh, in the okay. same way that they talk about, like, Annie Hall or, or uh, Purple Rosa Cairo or some of these older timey uh, Woody Allen movies. But, um, okay. yeah, it, it occurred to me they're clever... And nobody's making movies like that anymore. These kind of original, one-off, dialogue-driven scripts. Well, dude, that's 100%. Nobody's making those things. Yeah. And if they
1: are, they're like indie flips. So
0: in a weird way, right. he's been occupying that space for a long time. And I just wondered yeah. what you thought about him. I, I think you would enjoy it. I mean, it. so have you, have you gotten
1: on a kick where you're going through the entire catalog? I'm not going basically. through the
0: entire catalog. I'm, I'm basically going through all the ones that are on Amazon Prime that we can watch for free. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so we've done like uh we watched this one last night called cafe society that came out in 2016 that was the most modern one that that we've seen in a while but yeah yeah, um, yeah. one called scoop came out in 2006 kind of like a journalism comedy with scarlett johansson the other the other thing is they've always got huge casts like this this scoop people want to work with him he's legendary. dude that's, that's it one. he's legendary yeah. so it had hugh jackman scarlett johansson woody allen was in it um, the one from last night had Steve Carell, Jesse Eisenberg, like a bunch of oh, yeah. a bunch of yeah, like yeah. huge name people are doing these projects, which makes them kind of interesting, even if they're bad. Uh and then the one I really liked, uh 1976, a movie called The Front. It was hmm. it was about like um I don't I don't know, like screenwriters that got blacklisted in, in the fifties or whatever. And hmm. uh Woody Allen's character, who's really just like a con man, ends up like um fronting all these guys like he turns in their scripts as his own you know whatever but um but yeah they're, they're just, just very woody allen dude it's very woody like. allen it, they're all, they're all like industry satires you know what i mean so they all they all kind of yeah. like lampoon uh the movie industry or publishing or whatever um you should see though if you're going to watch any woody allen you should watch midnight in paris baby i think you would dig okay. it okay um, you know, it takes place in Paris, which is just a great spot for a movie, but Kathy Bates is in it, Adrian Brody, um, the guy with the nose, all all, all kinds of good people are in it. So the guy with the nose. Owen Wilson. Were you out on the guy. Wilsons? Ah, dude. I mean, I
1: have they have they had their day or is Owen still a player? That's my question. I think Owen's still kind of a player. I mean, Luke hasn't done a movie. It feels like in six hundred years. No,
0: dude, I was a big Luke guy, though. I'm, I'm holding on to my Luke Wilson stock for sure. Wasn't
1: Luke originally? No,
0: I'm. I'm totally might be screwed up on this, so that no, I'm no, just no, asking. Go. Was
1: Luke originally bigger than Owen?
0: Wasn't he? Dude, maybe. I think he had a couple year run where he was bigger than Owen. He was a big Wes Anderson guy. They both were. So they both oh, yeah, kind of got put on the were. map a little bit by Wes Anderson. But like Luke was, I think around the oh, what was the New York Wes Anderson um royal tenenbaums around like royal yeah, tenenbaums yeah, yeah. time luke might have been bigger than than owen um, what
1: um i wonder why he hasn't made a movie So unless he just made a bunch of indie things that
0: we haven't heard dude of. i don't know but, i don't know let's look up his imdb real quick uh yeah luke wilson man luke wilson 90.
1: um yeah i i think um you know woody is one of those dudes that he's he's kind of polarizing too because it's like you know, the question of, like, Hollywood having morphed into this thing where you only get to put out stuff if it sells, like, you know, bazillions of dollars yeah. in the box office. And then you, have, then you have these directors, these old school guys, like the Woodies, who, like, Hollywood almost, like, has to pay attention to because he's legendary. But yeah. at the same time, a studio has to be willing to, like, do an art film with him that they know isn't going to make money. Yeah. But it's going to be an art film that they get to put in their,
0: you know, in their catalog. Dude, I, 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 a I did a little deep dive on his budgets and stuff. Like, his movies all make money. Um, they do they because do. he
1: spends like twenty five dollars making them. Basically.
0: Well, no, dude, they they all hit at this level. So, KK and I have realized we like a certain kind of low budget movie where it, where yeah. the budget's anywhere from like seven to fifteen million dollars, which is kind of a pittance in Hollywood terms. It sounds like a lot in like normal human terms, but yeah, like movies that hit in that budget range, we tend to really like. And so, he'll do a movie for fifteen million, and it'll make twenty five. You know, so everybody makes money it. or yeah, it'll yeah. make thirty or whatever. And so they're not making a ton, but they're they're not losing, you know, which is a great space to be in if you're a certain kind of like narrative driven filmmaker like he is.
1: But you're also like but if you're like a if you're an A or a B list celeb though, like yeah. that's basically like you're you're willing to do it for like no money just totally. to be able to do
0: it. Just because to say you did a Woody Allen. Allen movie and to work with him or whatever. Um, right. yeah, it's kind of a fascinating dynamic, dude. Baby, can
1: we shift here for one second? Go. Cause we're not going to be able to do this with pipes. So I'd like yeah, to just go. sort of get this one out there yeah. because we have one M night Shyamalan oh. who's releasing a hey. new movie that looks like vintage Shammy Yeah. on July 23rd called old. I want to, <laughs> I want to discuss that for a few minutes. I know, minutes.
0: dude, it, it looks like M night Shammy made a movie just for us. Like, yeah, really
1: about he said, Hey, there's these two dudes. I know. Yeah.
0: These two dudes. They're both on this podcast. They're both egomaniacs. They're both self-centered. They're both <laughs> obsessed with getting older. Let's make a movie about that. So yeah, I did a little reading real. on it, a little cursory reading. Apparently the premise is they're all like lampooned on this island. And like mm-hmm. the deal with the island is they, they all like get old in one day. Like they, right, They do right. the whole like span of their life in one day, which sounds fascinating. And I'm in dude. Uh, I'm all in. In fact, I'm worried that I'm going to miss the opening due to being on the road, like doing camp work oh. or whatever. So I, I think yeah, I'm going to yeah, be yeah. back by then, but I'm not, I'm not mm. sure. Um, but I, yeah, I'm I going to
1: me, to me, the most interest, so I want to get your hot take yeah, on sure. this, man, but to me, the most interesting thing. So I, so I, I'm this guy, yeah. right. Where when, when M night comes out with a new movie, I'm. I'm. A- I actually don't even care what the movie is yeah. as much as I'm fascinated that people keep giving this guy money to make
0: movies. Okay.
1: Like so. Like I'm. Um, so again, it's not that I don't want to see the movie. Yeah. But I just think when it comes to Hollywood, and I'm talking modern Hollywood. Yeah. Um. There. I mean, whether you love him or hate him, and there's a lot of reasons why people hate him, and I don't even disagree. Yeah. I like him, but. It's fascinating that this guy has been able to continue to make movies. Because, dude, when you talk about a career with some ups and downs, yeah. you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about M. Night. You know what, right?
0: dude? I respect that, though. Because, like... I do, too. I like I a career too. with ups and downs. And, in fact, I don't trust a career that doesn't have ups and downs because... It, you don't trust Quentin Tarantino. Well, dude, even Tarantino's had some, like, to me, some downs. Um so I do, I do trust that. And the thing I like about Tarantino is, I feel like he's always done exactly what he's wanted. So, well,
1: I think that's the thing. The four
0: yeah. in me like yeah. really resonates with that on like an integrity level because I feel, and I'm not talking about morals or whatever. I'm talking about just doing right. what you want. And I feel the like, craft of movie. Yeah, I feel like yeah. he's always done what he's wanted. I feel some of that was Shammy too, dude. So well, like, that's
1: what I was gonna ask. Do you feel like he's always done what he he wants? But dude, I mean. Nobody in the world is going to have the kind of credibility that that Tarantino does. Right. Certainly not M Night because he makes different kinds of movies. Well, dude, and they've had he a different. Movies.
0: They've been responded to differently, okay? So I think there was a time, and I'm going to get the years wrong, but maybe like late 90s, where we would have put Shami and Tarantino on the same level of like, they were getting stroked artistically by the same people. Whereas now it's become cool to crap on Shammy and platform Tarantino just in whatever i don't know hipster film circles or whatever you're supposed to kind of like chuckle and roll your eyes about shammy even though he's made well, some really good movies you I know i think what ha- here's the problem is i yeah. think
1: what i think what sham did was man he he made Sixth sense and it's just been it's been a grind for him <sighs> yeah. ever since then because when you come out of the gate with something that iconic yeah um and you don't you don't follow it up i mean again i, I think unbreakable is great and and all of that but like in the eyes of the public, he never – he never kind of he, – he never – he was never able to rise back to that like yeah. level of movie where – I mean, dude, we – you know, half the lines in that movie have become like totally. you know, iconic cultural like phrases. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I see dead people
0: and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: And then you get a guy like uh, Tarantino who does Pulp Fiction. He
0: did – what did he do? Reservoir Dogs Reservoir that. Dogs, Pulp so, Fiction. Yeah, all the Kill Bills. Then,
1: Yeah, and you're getting into, like, oh, my gosh, this guy had a decade run where he never lost. Yeah. He just won. Artistically, like, everything was just at the top and everybody was buying and drinking it. Yeah, I I know it. I know it. And, you know, and then you you get Sham who did, like, well, I hated The Village, you know. I'm not saying personally, but, like, people loved Sixth Sense, but they didn't love everything that came out after it. Yeah. Whereas with, like, I feel like with Tarantino, it's, like, Well, dude, it doesn't mean you don't love some stuff more than other stuff, but, dude, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who said, oh, I hated Kill Bill.
0: Dude, I feel like Sham, though, the thing that's respectable, he got in there, he took his cuts, he made the movies that he wanted to make. Like, it would have been easy for him to settle into, like, kind of weird, thoughtful, supernatural thriller space after The Sixth Sense. But then he made The Village... Which is kind of a departure. I'm a big The Village guy, though. I'm a I'm a The Village defender. I know it's like it's cool and hipster to hate The Village, whatever. But uh, but I enjoy the movie. Where are you out in The Village, dude? I love The Village, yeah. man. And again, it, it, this is all personal stuff. Sure, sure. But i I
1: liked cause I liked that he did a period piece that wasn't actually a period piece. Yeah, that's solid. Part, that was part of the twist for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the no twist twist. Yeah. at the end. Yeah. Like I thought that was every bit as brilliant as the stuff he does where there's the supernatural like element kind of a thing. Um, So this thing was like, dude, the guy, I mean, the guy literally did what the only thing the guy could do, which is I'm going to have the twist at the end, which is technically not a twist, but a twist. Yeah, right. You know, right. And I just thought, I don't know, man. I absolutely loved and still love the village. Same, dude. Same. I love it. I think it's. It's. In fact, I would say I like it more than Six Sense. I do too. To me, Unbreakable in the Village are my are my two M Night jams.
0: Yeah, I I'm like. It, I like it them. as a rewatcher, man. It's very rewatchable. It's very rewatchable.
1: I like it as I don't a. Really, yeah.
0: I like it as a commentary on human behavior. I think it's really oh, interesting on that level, um, which makes it more of a starter for me than than even like a lot of the Tarantino movies, like the early Tarantino's. Um. Like, I'm not a Pulp Fiction guy, which I know is right. like anathema in like yeah, cool person gonna circles. So I'm going to yeah, get right killed for, for that. But like, yeah. I'm not a Pulp Fiction guy. I don't know. It was just too dark. It was too dark. I, yeah, I, I don't get into it. Um,
1: yeah, no, I understand that. And again, this is also personally driven. Yeah. I, I also can say it was too dark. It's, you know, I'm never going to go watch it again, but I yeah. understand
0: that it's this amazing. Oh, same. Yeah. Same yeah. Like, I understand yeah. what people view as amazing about it. Um I just don't But there
1: is a sense of like I totally agree. Like I I will probably I'm not saying never, but like I have no desire to go watch Sixth Sense. Yeah. But if you told me, hey, Big R, let's go watch the village, I'd be like, I'll oh, I'm all in, man. I'll make yeah. like the popcorn. Totally,
0: you know I mean? totally. Yeah. So yeah. um
1: Yeah, so it's that I like you said, there's a watchability about some films mm-hmm. that even though you might say, No, that film was great, I just never want to watch it again.
0: Totally. You totally. Know? Yeah, that's a really I loved
1: thing. it as a one time shot. You know, it was great for that. Definitely. You know, um like kind of I would say this like Christopher, most of Christopher Nolan's uh, movies, to me, I think they're great the first time. Yeah, I I never have a ton of desire to go watch them again.
0: Dude, I'm totally not a Nolan guy. I don't think Mm. I've ever really liked a Christopher Nolan movie, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I just can't. I don't know. What is it about it? Like, what is it about his, his films? I think they're they're so high concept as to be, to me, bereft of anything interesting on a character level. Like, well, and I'm that, such a character that, guy. I agree with you on that. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm just not a guy who gets excited about high concepts. That's not where I end up, you know, movie wise. It
1: is like it. I mean, he
0: is the nerd Twitter, like filmmaker. Yeah. You know kind what I mean? Of. At the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So
1: be, when you go that high concept, what it means always is you're never going to have enough time to do character development.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's just the reality of it. That's right. That's right.
1: And he kind of I would say the I would say the thing that he got closest to that with was interstellar mm. because that movie's like seventeen hours long., Ugh. and he was yeah. able to kind of he, he there was some heart and soul in that movie, yeah um so I don't know, on that level, it was like, all right, you know you kind of you, you kind of felt some things in that, but most of his movies you just don't you don't really
0: feel a lot. I know you it know do. what I mean yeah, I want to feel you know They're I want to feel I want to feel something for the characters, and I think right. Um, if I don't feel anything for the characters, I want it to be a, uh, I don't know, something, something fun. Um, I want it to be John Wick. You know what I mean? Where have you seen the John Wicks dude? And we got to end on this I saw, cause I got to go. Coach. I
1: saw the last, I saw the last one.
0: Yeah, dude, you should see them all. They're, they're to me like really interesting on the like set design level mm. and they're fun. I mean, they're stupid. Um, it's kind of like watching somebody play a video game, but it's, but it's, (laughs) I, I I do care about the character. Like I care about the John Wick character and they make you care about him a little bit, which I think is kind of rare for a, uh, action-y gun movie, like yeah,
1: that. man. I I enjoyed it again, mm-hmm. man. When we're get when we're when we're on our twenty seventh fight, yeah. You know, right. it's like I'm my eyes are sort of I'm glazing over at that. Yeah, point. you're checking your. Like, and I know, yeah. And I know that's what everyone geeks out about. That's the whole point of it. But yeah, I do. I I conceptually I thought it was amazing.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, interesting. Maybe this has been fun. We got to cover a little like non pipe ground here. Um, we did. and we got some, we got, we got some things done, man. We got a little, you, serious. Know, you know, when,
1: when pipe hears you say that he's going to disagree with that, he's going to say what we can talk about that with me. He's going to be totally offended by that. And I, and I kind of He is.
0: I like that too, dude. It means he needs us, you know, because <laughs> there are times when I, when I wonder if pipe, um, doesn't feel anything for us. We're like characters in a Christopher Nolan movie to him. You know I what think I mean? We might be
1: that. For, I think we might be that to him,
0: but to me, we're yeah. like characters in a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're like the character in the rated r movie or you're not quite sure you know what yeah, i mean you're not
1: quite sure where he's going yeah, right exactly well, ladies and gentlemen welcome to the <laughs> nef down exactly dude
0: that's the new enneagram like you give somebody a like an mpaa rating instead of a number
1: yeah for sure i like it we should do that that'll be our we next should that's gonna be pie. our
0: money maker baby we're finally gonna make money together finally, finally. after all these years <laughs> 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 baby, finally we've, we've done what we always do which is uh, GasUpVisualTheology.Church church. Visit that website. Buy some stuff. Uh, so we did that. We talked a little, a little serious, like drisky stuff. We talked a little movies. This was fun. Little movies. Yeah. Baby, almost forty two minutes of good radio here. It's big. It's, <laughs> it's huge, big. dude. It's, it's a huge. triumph. Yeah, for a for a non pipe episode, this is a triumph of modern mm-hmm. radio. Mm-hmm. And until next time, the happy rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings.